Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, for the first time in what feels like forever, we have a full slate of racing action. Trucks, Xfinity, Cup, all at Kansas this weekend. And right now, nobody seems to care, because once again, North Wilkesboro is back in the news. Who would have thunk just a couple months ago that a track that had been pretty much left for dead for the last two decades would be dominating the news cycle in the middle of the silly season and the playoffs as they're starting in all three series are just about to start. But here we are, another North Wilkesboro announcement. Uh, news started coming out earlier in the day that North Wilkesboro had canceled their planned dirt races that were going to be going on in October. Then there was news about an announcement with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Marcus Smith. And then soon, na- soon after, the big story begins to break. And that is, as of right now, it appears North Wilkesboro will be hosting the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series All-Star Race. From just feel like a little over a year ago was when the the news first started, kind of tracking out that they were going to try to do something with North. Well, for years they just sat and they didn't do anything, and whenever asked about it, it kind of was like whatever. Uh, we get back to racing just uh, la- last month, and I mean by all accounts it was successful, and I think that's pretty clear is what a lot of people felt was impossible. Cup cars at North Wilkesboro. Does sound like it will be happening next year for the All Star Race. I, I can't believe it. I mean, I guess I couldn't even believe when you saw like the videos and the pictures coming out of the uh, Cars Tour race last week when Dale Junior was there. They packed that place full, twenty thousand people. It seemed like, and I feel like if they could have fit another twenty thousand, they they would have had the people show up. It was absolutely insane. I always thought we'd see NASCAR come back there. I wasn't so sure about the Cup Series, but I I did have a pretty good feeling you'd see the trucks, maybe even the Xfinity Series back. And maybe, maybe down the road, once everything got built up, you would see the Cup Series come back. So just jump right in and, you know, have the Cup Series there next year is something I didn't even imagine a couple hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, I certainly felt that a Cup schedule, a Cup race was possible. But I thought it would be five plus years in the future after through this and all of our plans. Any idea we had usually also involved nothing next year as they were supposed to be repaving the track next year. And that is not happening anymore. Um, So I figured, you know, if they repave it next year, truck race in 23 or in 24, maybe an Xfinity race in 25, then maybe 26, 27, you get a cup race. And instead... It was so successful, everybody loved it so much, that we have a cup race, even if it is a non-points race, I will tell you this, it'll be the biggest non-points race we've ever ran, and we just ran in the LA Coliseum. Yeah, I, I can't think of another exhibition race, at least in my lifetime, that's going to be as hyped up as much as this one will be. I, I think, I don't know if they're going to bring in you know extra stands or what's going to go on there. This is going to be probably one of the hardest tickets to get, like, your hands on, I feel like. With the limited... Because there's no way they can even add enough stands, I think, to where it won't be sold out. I just... I don't think it's possible. Uh, And so they already don't have very many stands to begin with. I think a sellout will be ridiculously easy to happen. And in terms of relation to race date, might be one of the earliest sellouts we've seen in over a decade. Yeah, so if you if you want to get these tickets, you're going to have to be ready to go whenever they go on sale because I think they're going to be flying um, just I, you know, off the internet. I hope that they really make this something special. And, you know, people might not like this, but I think most people would. Usually, right, to use, like, a past champion's provisional, you have to, like, ran. There's certain rules. Right. Get rid of them all. Get rid of I, all the rules for past champions for for all star winners. It just it, on like I don't know if there's any rules for the open, but if there's someone like a Clint Boyer that wanted he wouldn't be qualified under any other way, wants to try to get in, let him run the open. Like let full out. 
Like, let whoever wants to run, run. And obviously, if they have a championship or an all-star win, have them in like they would already be. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that earlier today, and I, I think I mentioned that somewhere on social media. What? I can't remember where, but what that'd be cool. What debut that would be for Junior Motorsports Cup team? Yeah, just throw up at the All-Star race. With Junior driving. Yeah, the, the 88 car. Like I, I agree 100%. That'd be awesome. I mean, Junior is somebody that I think would jump at the chance if NASCAR allowed it. I know Tony Stewart hasn't done as much racing over the last year or so, given that he's got a lot of other stuff going on, but that's somebody that I could see give it a shot. Clint, you know, he's not that far removed. Hell, I'll even throw Jeff Gordon in there because you know, he was out racing uh, Porsches at Indianapolis this past week. I think there's a lot of indication that he might be one of the drivers for the uh, what, Garage 56 ride at Le Mans next year, so I why mean, not give Jeff a shot if he wants it? Listen, I think it would be NASCAR's best interest to have the last cup winner mm-hmm. at North Wilkesboro also be in the race. Yep. Uh, realistically, the only past cup winner at North Wilkes Road that could be remotely competitive in the car that would be willing to get into it. Yeah, I think out of all like the recent drivers who have retired, I think the only person that probably would not be interested in this race would be Jimmy Johnson, and that's not because Jimmy has no, you know, it's not like I don't think Jimmy wants to come back to NASCAR. He's still going to be doing at least the IndyCar Oval schedule next year, possibly the full schedule, but if the all-star race stays the same date, he'll probably be getting ready for the Indy 500 again. And maybe, maybe he'll be driving in the Coke 600, doing the double in the, you know, uh, what the project 91 or whatever they call it for the track house. It's project 91, right? Yeah. But yeah. Cause that, that is something that I think could possibly be on the table. If Jimmy wanted to jump back in NASCAR, but given when the all-star race lines up, He'll probably be busy in Indianapolis. I don't know if he'd be able to run the all-star race, but if he wanted to, by all means, bring back Jimmy Johnson, too. I'm with you 100% on that. If any of these guys who aren't too far removed from the driver's seat want to come back for this race, NASCAR should let him. Just let it let it all hang out, man. Uh, similar to the Clash, which wasn't as wide open, but you know, all 36 chartered teams in it. Uh, just... Go all out for the this race, man. You're not... This is a moment that can never be captured again. Mm-hmm. There will never be anything like this from the literal years of people wanting the race back to most of us accepting that, especially after the early 2010s where they, they did do some races there and it just kind of fizzled out and that was it. Uh, which in hindsight, with how bad racing was at the time in terms of finances, yeah, uh, not not that surprising that it didn't work out great. Uh, but you'll just, you'll we'll never have another moment like this. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty ironic that Texas is effectively losing a date for uh, for this race, as they did have the All Star race this year and last year. Uh, so pretty, pretty ironic there, but I mean, it's just, I did never, I, two years ago, I was, I was like, they'll never be racing there. And in the last year or so, I, I certainly thought based on junior talking about it a lot more and not just like references like he had, but like seemingly doing more to push it. Uh, Marcus Smith being open to it. I, uh, I think the new the leadership change we've had both at uh, ISC and NASCAR. I think I don't want to say it saved the sport. We we're still trying to climb back up, but man, it's done a lot of good. It it really has. It really has. In fact, the fact they're willing to take these big leaps and try these new things, or in this case, I guess an old thing, going back to North Wilkesboro. It's old as new. Yeah, it speaks volumes. I mean, you you kind of saw this, and it was even before like all the regime changes. But you kind of saw this when they brought back the Southern Five Hundred um, to Labor Day weekend. At this point, that was you know about seven years ago. But it showed that the people in charge could at least admit, you know, hey, this was a mistake. 
let's try to fix it, even though it probably should never have happened in the first place. But it, it, at least they've shown that, you know, they'll go back on things. And that was a good start. Um, and, you know, some of the big changes, too, with the clash and, you know, a more diverse schedule. It's definitely helping the sport. And a race at North Wilkesboro continues to do that. And, man, I can't wait till next year. We still got a lot of racing left this year. A lot of playoffs, champions. We have another Daytona 500 to go through. You get the point. There's a lot that still needs to happen between now and then. But I cannot wait for this all-star race next year. It's going to be must-watch television and a must-grab ticket if you could possibly get your hands on one. It's just... I. A great day for the sport. Mm-hmm. Just just truly, truly a great day. I guess officially tomorrow will be a great day as that is when the official announcement was uh supposed is supposed to happen. I was gonna be opposed to talking about it until we had the stern bomb. Once we had the stern bomb, I was I was gonna say, All right, we're that that's about as official as you could get. Yeah, I would be shocked if it was something else tomorrow at this point. But it just it's great. I'm excited. Uh, most excited I've been for a new track, maybe ever. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not new, you know, but right, right, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it is it, it for a large chunk of the fan base, not as much as NASCAR would like, but it is it is new. Uh, last week, last month, if they even saw any of it, would have been the first that they saw it. I mean, like I, I've been a fan for. A long time, yeah, <laughs> since I was a kid. First races I remember watching was when I was like two, which would have been in '96. I I do not remember watching a race at North Wilkesboro. So like, this would be a first for me, whether it's on TV or maybe if I'm there in person, which would be insane. But on the table, we'll see. Um, it'll it'll be the first time I've ever watched one live. So that is going to be pretty damn cool. So I I totally get that feeling. It just. Very excited. Very, very excited. Yeah, very, very excited indeed. Definitely probably the biggest news that we've had all year on anything until maybe Kyle Busch announces his ride at some point. But uh, I I think this is still a little bit bigger than that. But just what a a great day. What a great announcement. And and the official announcement, like you already said, is going to be tomorrow. And that's going to be pretty cool, too. But... Just wow, wow! Didn't didn't think this was going to happen anytime soon in terms of the Cup Series. So just uh, crazy, absolutely crazy, and I cannot wait for next year and this event. So going over to some other news, a bit less exciting, but pretty important. NASCAR announcing some big changes to the car to prevent it from catching on fire, like we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, not you know necessarily a big change, but enough of a change that they hope it'll stop the rubber buildup that's causing the cars to catch on fire. Uh, sounds like longer term they'd like to straight up just if rubber even gets in there, prevent it from catching fire. This won't necessarily do that. If the rubber does still get into the rocker box area, they still are likely to catch on fire, but should help and prevent it. I don't know why it took, what, three, four fires for us to get to this point. Uh, I mean, it took a several angry interviews from Kevin Harvick and a Twitter rant from Rodney Childers. And I mean, I can't say I blame them. They're pretty solid. First race at, at first race of the playoffs at Darlington uh, went literally up in flames. And I still think they're a favorite to move on. They're only like 10 or 14 points behind the cut line. But... I mean, they would have been sitting in a pretty decent spot otherwise. So, and that's what it's, I think, going to take for some of these things. Because even if it's not something that can be fixed now, it's something like if NASCAR doesn't talk about it, it seems and it feels like they don't care about it. And I know some things are said behind closed doors, but that doesn't help how uh, the average fan perceives it, how the media perceives it, how it gets played up. So, the fact that they actually made a change is good. Uh, I believe that was announced today. Yeah. Uh, so it will be in effect for it's a new part. They have to go pick up. It will be in effect for uh, Sunday. And th- they talked about it like because these are spec cars, it's a lot harder for them to make these changes. And I get all that. Just I think it's still something I think NASCAR can work on. Just more transparency. 
I, agree. I, I think they could definitely work on it across the board, but I think this is just a, a good example here. I agree. I think the only downside to this, there's slight downside in my opinion, and that is because when they're announcing it, a lot of these teams already had these cars made and ready to go. So from a working standpoint at the shop, you're going to have to take the car apart. You're going to have to put these new pieces in, move stuff around. It's not the end of the world, and I'm sure at the end of the day, the teams would rather do this than have their car catch on fire at Kansas. But it it does suck that, you know, you have to make these changes so quick right before you're getting ready to load them up and head on out. I think if it wasn't such a big issue, you probably could have held it off at least for a couple of weeks. But given the circumstances, you don't want something like what happened to Harvick affect another playoff driver. It had to be done now, so... Yeah, you're gonna have to put in a couple extra hours of work getting everything together, but it's it's definitely the right move to just get it done and hopefully not have to worry about it for the rest of the season. But uh you know, one thing that doesn't need any changing is probably the truck series uh trucks. They're scheduled not so much because this is the first time in forever that they've been back out on the racetrack. I mean, it, is, it has effectively been a month. We went to yeah. Watkins Glen, <laughs> we went to Daytona, and then we went to Darlington, and now they're back here. And I have seen, I will say, I have seen more people talking about the problems with the Truck Series schedule this year than I have in years past. Uh, schedule, honestly, not that much worse than last year's in terms of playoffs and when they start. Uh, so it's good to see or hear more people talk about, or I guess they're not even really hearing it, mostly reading it. And I think, I uh, hopefully there's a change. It, just, it doesn't make any sense to me that there are so many races from like April to June, honestly, to like mid-July. And then we get literally four weeks or three weeks, full three weeks between races in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It kills the momentum of the teams. It kills the momentum of the series. Fans now kind of for, honestly forget what's yeah. going on, which is why I have went back and looked at it, but I also have here basically where we stand right now going into what is, what is a cutoff race? Like not even, not it, it would yeah. be one thing if we had three weeks between like the first race and the second race. Of of around, but we have three weeks between the second race and the cutoff race. Yeah, that's a big deal. So that's a problem. You're sitting here, and people have to. I mean, remember what happened the last couple races? We had Grant Infinger lock in, winning at, at uh, IRP. Yeah. Chandler Smith locked in, winning at Richmond. Uh, now we're sitting here with two guys locked in. Everyone else still alive. Some in better positions than others. Uh, starting with Zane Smith, who is 46 points up on the cut line. Uh, I'm not, my math could be off by a point here uh, based on tiebreakers, but I think it's right. Uh, he will lock in with 13 points uh, collected throughout the race. John Hunter currently up 43. He will lock in with 16 points collected at some point during the race. And obviously, both of them could lock in their spot before the uh, last stage starts. Everyone else couldn't lock it in before the last stage, but could certainly get themselves in a pretty good spot. Ty Majeski is up 36. He would lock in with 23 additional points. Stuart Friesen is up 31. He would lock in with 28 additional points. Ben Rhodes is up 21. He would lock in with 38 additional points. Uh, these other three guys can only lock in by winning. Obviously, one of them will still make it in regardless. Matt Crafton up three. Josevar down three. Ekis down six. Uh, at the owner's championship level, pretty similar. Obviously, the Grand Infinger not in at all, and uh, Matt Kraft not in as all, as we had uh, Corey Himes truck, the 51. Yeah. And the 17 for David Gillen Racing, all in. Uh, but that one's right now a three-truck fight for one spot with the 42, the 17, and the 98, all being separated by just three points. Yeah, pretty pretty tight there on uh, the drivers and the owners battle there for the last couple playoff spots to move on to the next round. Who are you looking at to come out of Kansas with the win? Is it somebody on the bubble? Is it one of the favorites? What are you looking at? I'm going with the favorite. 
I'm going with Zane Smith. I know he hasn't been great over uh, the last, really just the playoffs and then Pocono as well, which at this point I want to remind everyone, Pocono, that race occurred in the middle of July. That was the cutoff race. It is September. We are at the end of the first round of the playoffs. But either way, Zane Smith has been great lately, but just absolutely dominated this race in the spring. Led 108 of 134 laps. And he is ignoring Texas, where he had issues. Uh, has crossed the finish line at the all the mile and a half at an average position of four and a half. That stipulation being that he crossed the finish line at Vegas second but was credited with last as they had some dumb lug nut thing that certainly did not make up. Maybe you have most made up a spot on the track, and I don't even think it did that. Uh, so I'm going with Dane Smith plus 450 to get this playoffs back on track here. Yeah, I'm, I can't say that's a bad pick. I just, I get these John Hunter Nemechek feelings. No, it, honestly, yeah. I think if he, if he, if he doesn't win, but still does really good this weekend, I maybe won't. But he hasn't been that good at all, really, at Richmond or at uh, IRP. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it, he if he does the same kind of thing, I think I will be fully on that train. Yeah, it's like that's that's just how I'm feeling about it right now. It kind of feels like John Hunter's run in the playoffs last year, which you don't need to worry about him not advancing. He's got the buffer, but it's just odd. I'm going to go with one of those bubble guys on the owner's side. Give me Ryan Priest at plus 700. Been really strong pretty much any time he's been in that truck. And, you know, just my lack of confidence in Zane Smith right now, I kind of feel like the door's open a little bit. Um, Ryan Priest, we don't know what's going on with him for next year. I've heard a different rumor, I feel like, every day, whether it be Cup Truck Xfinity, who knows? He's going to be driving something. We don't know what. We don't know if any deals have been signed. It's a big race for him to go out there and, you know possibly pick up another win and show potential team owners that he still has it. So plus 700 for Ryan Priest, like the car, like the driver, big race for him. He's going to get the win and move that 17 on in the owner's championship. That's my pick. Um, Value pick, just looking at this, I don't really see anybody that great here. Is anybody sticking out for you? Yeah, I'm going with Parker Kligerman plus 2,500. I like it. I like it. (laughs) They won their last time out. And really, I agree. I think he's really the only guy that has value here. He is well ahead of the guys outside of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good bit behind the guy inside the playoffs. But if they were a full-time team, even without the win, they would have been very solidly in the playoffs if they even came close to matching the performance that they had in their limited races. Mm-hmm. So I think he's definitely undervalued here. I don't necessarily love his chance to win. But at 2,500, the problem with them, with this team in uh, particular, is we haven't really seen them run on a track yet like this this year. Right. Uh, the, the closest thing would probably have been Darlington in the, in the spring, which is definitely a much different track than Kansas. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say for sure the kind of speed they'll have. But I expected enough to where things go their way, they could definitely make a run at it. And if he was the highest finishing non-playoff car or um, truck or driver, I would not be surprised by that at all. I definitely like the pick. I, I do think one thing that kind of plays into the Kligerman play, completely different car, obviously, but he showed up in, what, the Gaunt Brothers car last year in the Cup Series and ran, like, top 20? Yeah, and that, so, that, that car was nothing. That that car, the, the equipment he is in now in the 75 truck is a lot better than what he was in in that Kansas race last year in the Cup Series. So I definitely like the Kligerman pick. Tyler Ankrum at plus 4,000 is one that I kind of looked at. He's been looking better in that truck, but I just don't think he's a real threat. I wouldn't put any money there. For my value pick, I'm going to go Stuart Friesen, plus 2,000. Don't love it, but he did win at Texas earlier in the year, so he has shown some speed at the mile and the halves. I do think there is a little bit of value there. Personally, I think I like the Kligerman pick more, but... He's yours. I'm not one, taking it. <laughs> one other one I honestly did consider, and this is going to be the craziest thing I think I've ever said. I did consider Crafton at 2,500, uh, which is, if you know me at all, is, is an insane, insane idea. But he's been solid in these last two playoff races. Not spectacular, but solid. Two of his best races of the year. Kansas is certainly a good track for him. Had a top 10 there in the spring. Uh, I d- don't really want him to win, 
But if he did, it would not be the most shocking thing to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, think his last win was at Kansas, too. I believe, I believe it was. Yep. So, Crafton definitely knows how to get around here. I'm still going to go with Friesen simply because he no, does I, have a win I, on I, a mile I, and a half yeah, this Friesen, year. Friesen yeah. has speed at Texas. Has had more speed than Crafton basically <laughs> all year. So, I, 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 I don't mind the Friesen play either. Yep. Um, head-to-heads, we're actually going to go through all of them this week because as of recording right now, DraftKings has not uploaded anything on the fantasy side for the trucks. Don't know what's going or, on there. Or the Xfinity. Or the Xfinity. Might as well get it out of the way now. Yeah, yeah we'll, be, we'll be doing the head-to-heads we on both, the Xfinity, we too. We hypothesize this might be NFL-related. With how they're pushing everything, it would not shock me, and I really can't argue that football is football at the end of the day. And football is the biggest sport in America. So. Yes, yeah, so understandable, at least this week. But we could go through the head-to-heads from start to finish. Of course, they're probably scrambled up on both of our phones right now as we're going through them. Let's start with the first one that I see, which is Ben Rhodes and Carson Hosevar. Ben Rhodes, minus 110. Hosevar, minus 120. I have a feeling we're probably going to go with the same one here, but who are you looking at? I'm going with Hosevar, but I don't love it. <laughs> I'll let you explain first, but well, I'm pretty sure I'll just be repeating what you say. Uh, ben Rhodes has obviously fallen off of what he was both last season, earlier this season. Has not been all that great. Is really only in as good of a position as he is with 21 points on the cut line because he had so many going into the playoffs with two wins and had, I think the second most stage wins across NASCAR, which is at the time of the start of the playoffs, which is crazy because of how much fewer races the truck series had, had uh, ran, uh, finished like six in the regular season standing. So he had a good amount of playoff points and only sits 21 up. But unlike some of the guys in the cup series that we saw at Darlington, he hasn't really had any issues. He just ran bad. I mean, I think it was Richmond. That's the other problem. It's been so long. I can't remember for sure was just terrible all day went a lap down at one point and it's just been bad i hosvar has been on a bit of a slump i feel like it entered the playoffs right there with like majeski and um ekis as guys who had had a lot of speed and were primed to not get not in x's case not his first win but their first wins of the season really could have been any of them and i mean majeski's just hit an entirely different gear above all of them and Hosevar has struggled since then uh some of it his own fault but now sits three points out of the playoffs I expect him to go out here and get a solid run so I like him more but I don't I don't love it at all yeah I'm I'm pretty much feeling the same way here I'm leaning Hosevar at minus 120 simply because if there has been a type of track that they've shown a, you know, their most speed at this year, it's probably the mile and a half. So that's a plus. Whereas Ben Rhodes, honestly, I feel like you could make the argument. He's been slumping since he won Bristol dirt. Like I, it, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah. I, I really feel like he's been kind of just on a downward trajectory since then. So I'm with you. Hosevar's the pick here for me as well, but I do not love it. It's it's kind of which pick your poison. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. And I'm going to go with Hosevar on this one. Uh, next up, Zane Smith, minus 125. John Hunter Nemechek, minus 105. We, you, know, you know the rules if you've been listening to us all year. You're going with Zane Smith, right? We're not breaking I am, anything. <laughs> I am going with Zane Smith. And that is actually, of these matchups, the one I do like the most. Although I, again, don't love it. Uh, just, I mean, this has been the kind of track that Zane Smith has excelled at this year, even in a bit of a slump that they're in. I expect that to continue. So that's why I'm picking Zane Smith here. I'm going to go John Hunter Nemechek. He's shown some good speed over the first two playoff races. Again, I'm a little down on Zane Smith right now. Minus 105 for Nemechek. Pretty good odds as well. So give me the four truck. I think he'll keep going in the right direction, and uh, he'll have a good run on Friday night. Next up, Ryan Priest, minus 125. Corey High, minus 105. I'm locked into this one already here. I'm going Ryan Priest. Who are you looking at, Mark? I I like Corey Heim in this one, honestly. Uh, <laughs> if they were even odds, it'd be close, but Heim ran very well here in the spring. 
had some engine issues and ultimately fell out of contention, but probably had the second best car or truck to Zane Smith. So I, I like Corey Heim here, especially at the better paying odds. I will say, while I'm locked into Ryan Priest and I'm not changing from it, this is not a matchup that I really like because Corey Heim has shown, you know, just a lot of speed this year in general. He obviously has a couple of wins. Really, I think in the head-to-head matchups, I would go with Ryan Priest no matter what, unless it was a KBM truck. This one does scare me. I'll be honest, while he's still my pick to win head-to-head matchups, I don't know if I'm going to bet this one. That's that's how I feel about it. So even though I'm going Ryan Priest because I'm locked into him, anybody out there listening, I could even say Corey High might be the play. But we're not going that way. <laughs> we're still taking Ryan Priest. We're riding with him to win the race, and we're going to ride with him in the head-to-head. Last one, Grant Enfinger and Christian Eckes. Enfinger, minus 110. Eckes, minus 120. Eckes was one of those drivers that was showing a lot of speed heading into the playoffs. He stumbled a bit, and he's on the outside looking in. Meanwhile, Enfinger, he's already locked in, and this could be an opportunity for him to build some more playoff points, if possible, before the next round. Which driver are you looking at going with here? I'm going with Enfinger. Similar to... Uh, really, I mean, both Josefar and, and Ben Rhodes, although Rhodes in a much better spot. Eckes just has kind of struggled with in speed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Endfinger's just hit, been very solid. Uh, ran pretty well at Richmond, obviously won at, at IRP. So, especially with the better paying odds here, I like Endfinger. Yeah, this is the one that I feel the best about. Um, Endfinger seems like he's going up, and Eckes seems like he's going down, unfortunately. And that was somebody that I had some higher hopes on earlier in the season that he could make some noise come playoff time and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen right now so give me end finger minus 110 i think that's the easy play here and uh, we're gonna roll with them comes friday night as well so because once again as we already mentioned there is no fantasy options available for the truck series yet That'll do it for the trucks, and now we are going to move on to Saturday for the Xfinity Series. Still a regular season race for them, which is another issue I kind of have with the schedule, but that's neither here nor there at this point. Do have at least one cup driver. I believe Ross is still in the 48, just trying to scan through here on the entry list. I don't see anybody else jumping at me right this second, but I do know... I, I have are uh well also uh, just for the the truck series also didn't mention it but moffett also returning uh in the truck series not necessarily in a super yes. competitive truck and uh, also in the series, Xfinity series as yeah. well mm-hmm. uh like i i'm pretty sure you said the chest thing the only one that uh, obviously sammy smith is going to be in the 18 mm-hmm. uh most of the rest of the season uh so i uh he's he's going to be stated every week but it is it is what it is the only other one i had of note was raja being in the 45 yeah yeah, not uh, not a ton of big Which changes. Is, this here. is the the last uh, Xfinity race we will see Cup guys in, and Ross Chastain is right. the only one in it. Mm-hmm. I know uh, you have Derek Griffith in the twenty six. That's really the only other person of note that I see. So it's uh, so not really a a big name race. You're gonna probably see the Xfinity guys go out there and. Uh, dominate because I don't really see anything out of Ross Chastain given how he ran last week in the 48 car still can't really figure out what to make of that thing right now. But, uh, you know, I think we're going to find out who's going to be driving that over the next couple weeks, hopefully, because there are a couple drivers that we've heard over, you know, the silly season that have been noted potential drivers for that ride next year. But looking at the odds for the Xfinity series race, not really a surprise here. Ty Gibbs, the favorite at plus 400. Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier are right behind at plus 450. My gut tells me it's probably going to be one of those guys. Uh, do you feel the same way? Or is there anybody a little bit deeper you're looking at as the favorite for this race? I am going to go actually with Josh Berry. All right. At, at plus 600. Uh, obviously, Allgaier was in contention at the race I'm about to mention. But I mean, Josh Berry won Charlotte. Uh, Jerry M has been pretty good at these one and a half milers. And uh, he's uh, of the guys that are potential championship favorites. It's been the longest since he had a win. 
So I think Josh Berry gets it done and get what I think is his, would be his third win of the season. Be his third win of the season. I'm probably just gonna stick to chalk here. <laughs> pretty, pretty boring on this one. My gut tells me we're not gonna see Gregson go back to back, and I'm just not feeling Justin Allgaier for whatever reason. So. Give me the boring chalk play of Ty Gibbs at plus 400. Just kind of feels like a Ty Gibbs weekend. I don't know why. It just kind of does. Maybe because the Toyotas have been so good on the cup side at these mile and a halfs. We've seen Ty win some mile and a halfs this year. Just give me the plus 400 play. Pretty boring. Probably not a heavy bet just because the value isn't amazing there. But I think we're going to see the kid in victory lane yet again. And add some more playoff points to his uh, total before the playoffs start. Value-wise here, I, I think there may be a couple of guys to look at. Um, anybody catch your eye? Yeah, you know, I you picked him a lot earlier in the season, and he ran well. I stopped picking him, and he's he struggled. So I've convinced it's my fault. So to get him back on track, I am picking Sam Mayer, plus 1,500. Uh, it's been good. It's mile half as well. I already mentioned JRM's had a lot of speed at them. So Sam Mayer plus fifteen hundred. Yeah, um, I was looking at Sam Mayer. I'm gonna roll the dice with Sheldon Creed. Came up just short at Darlington last week. I know that's a completely different track from Kansas, but I think that really could have been a momentum builder for him. He probably doesn't feel like his back's up against the wall. If he just goes into Kansas and has a solid day, he very well could come out on the right side of the cut line for the first time in forever <laughs> i don't probably have to go back to like one of the first couple weeks of the year the last time he was actually in the playoff spot but i just i have a good feeling about him for this race uh plus 2000 there's some good value there i think he's gonna have some momentum he's just gotta be careful and make sure the car is in one piece at the end of the day which he Almost did it, Darlington. It didn't didn't quite end up in one piece, but close. Listen, close enough. I, I think close he'll enough. gladly take another second here if that's yes. what he has to take. <laughs> if if the car comes back, uh, you know, the whole right side ripped up, but he comes across the line in second, I would agree. He's probably going to be okay with that. Uh, moving over to the head-to-head picks. We got four of these here as well. First one up, Justin Allgaier, minus 120, against Josh Berry at plus 100. That is a good sign for you, because I know you're going with Berry, and you have the odds in your favor there in, ter- in terms of value. Yeah, I am going with Barry. Uh, I already said a lot about I mean, listen, Allgaier, I think, is also going to run very strong. Uh, I think this is a potential... I don't think Jaren's is dominant on these kinds of tracks that they were in the beginning of the year. But I think this is another potential for four JRM guys in the top five or six cars. Mm-hmm. I definitely especially, like the value on Barry. Especially with uh, no cup guys other than Chastain right. in, in the race. Yeah, I I really like the value on Barry here at, at even money plus 100. And, you know, Allgaier's good. Not trying to knock on Allgaier, but I if I had to pick any of the JRM cars to win, even though I don't think it's going to be Noah, I think I just lean a little towards him just based off the momentum he's coming off of with the win. I would agree with you, though, in this matchup, Barry's probably the play, and he's he's the better value. Uh, even odds in a head-to-head matchup, great. So give me Josh Barry, plus 100. I think that's a pretty easy pick. Honestly, it's probably one of the ones that I like the most. I definitely feel a lot better about these head-to-head ones than I do the Truck Series ones. That's, that's for sure. Uh... Looking at the next one, Sheldon Creed, minus 115, Daniel Hemrick, minus 105. It's a pretty easy one for me. I'm definitely going Sheldon Creed here as he is my value play. I feel like even you're going to probably lead Creed here just because Daniel Hemrick has not been that good as of late. Yeah, I think Creed's the easier play here. Uh, Hemrick struggling, but will probably still make the playoffs. Whereas Creed is just full steam ahead. So I yes. definitely I definitely like Creed. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Creed's definitely the play here. He seems like he's going up, and Daniel Hemrick seems to be coming back towards the pack. Not so good for the defending series champion. Third one, we have Ty Gibbs at minus 115 and Noah Gregson at minus 105. I, of course, am going Ty Gibbs here since I picked him to win the race. Who are you going with, Mark? 
I'm going to go with Gregson. Uh, I think just he'll be a little bit better. I think, I think it's going to be tight. Again, no, I just, I, for sure. Yeah. When, I, when I said, you know, JRM will be four cars in the top five, though, the one other one I expect to be there is Ty Gibbs. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, th- I think this one's going to be tight. I'm just, I'm leaning Ty. Again, more of a gut feeling than anything. I, I think it's just another Ty Gibbs weekend. And, uh, that's that's my analysis on that. Sorry, I can't do any more, but sometimes the gut is the check there, and uh, we're going to run with it. Last one, A.J. Allmendinger, minus 125 to Ross Chastain's plus 105. Part of me feels like this might be the easiest one, but at the same time, it might be the hardest. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm actually going to go Ross here. Really? The track, and obviously it was a different driver. But combined with the uh, paying odds uh, actually being better than even money for Ross, the track, oh, not the same track, obviously, but the fastest we've seen this car was at Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, about as close as, uh, well, I mean, I guess not really since we go to Texas in a couple weeks, but I mean, pretty close in terms of, of overall how the, what you kind of need to survive. Uh, Plus, we still haven't seen the kind of speed I would want to see from Collagher AJ at these kinds of tracks. Uh, obviously, just had a great race at Darlington, but not exactly the same. Certainly a little bit more of a driver's track. Uh, AJ, I mean, luckily for them, there's only they'll only go to two of these kinds of tracks in the playoffs. Ah, three. Vegas, Homestead, and Texas. So I don't think it necessarily is a hindrance on them. I certainly think they're closer than they were before. But at the odds and with what we've seen at on this car with, with the 48 at these kinds of tracks. I do like Ross here. No, yeah, but close. I'm, I'm turned off enough from that performance at Darlington. I know they are different tracks, but Ross is pretty good at Darlington. So I was pretty disappointed in how he ran last week. And that, that was just enough to scare me off here. I'll go with AJ, even though the value, not the best minus 125, but I just don't know what to make of the 48 car right now. And I, you know, you're right. If you're going to base off what they did at Texas, even though it's a different driver, that's a lot closer to Kansas than Darlington is. So that does make a lot of sense. If you want to roll with Ross to, to base your reasoning off that I'm just not confident in them right now. You know, there's question marks with the team. They've rotated drivers due to Tyler Reddick leaving and basically just not letting him in the car anymore. Um, Give me AJ, minus 125. I think Colleg, at least AJ, I can't say Colleg as a whole, but AJ seems to be at least improving enough where I will take him in this head-to-head matchup, and uh, hopefully that works out, and uh, we'll be making some money off the old dinger come Saturday at Kansas. So now moving over to the Cup Series. Big race in the playoffs, just due to all the craziness that happened last week. Yeah, everything feels like it got turned upside down, and for the first time ever, we do not have a driver locked in to the second round after the first race due to Eric Jones winning. Odds right now, we have Denny Hamlin leading the way at plus 550, Kyle Busch right behind at plus 600, and Shocker, another Toyota in Martin Truex Jr. at plus 700. Then you get into the Hendrick guys of Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson at plus 750 and plus 800. I feel like this race could really be up in the air. Personally, I am looking at the Toyotas. Do you feel the same way? Or maybe you're predicting a... I think the Toyotas will have a lot of speed. Mm -hmm. I also think that the Toyotas are, as a group, the most inconsistent cars on the track so if this was just who do i think will have the fastest car on sunday i would definitely pick a toyota but one i don't think they're gonna win and two i'm gonna stick with my guns from our playoff predictions from last week and i'm gonna go with chase elliott to rebound from a disastrous race at darlington really i mean i guess it could have gotten slightly worse he could have also been running like 26 the whole race and then crashed at least they were working their way into the top 10 before they crashed but from a points perspective could not have gone worse last week i think they rebound lock their way into the next round 
I'm also sticking to my guns here from our playoff prediction video. I'm going to go with Christopher Ballot plus 1,000. I have faith in the Toyotas. I do like Kyle Busch to bounce back. I, I think he might have a fire lit under him this week just from having the Southern 500 ripped out, you know, right out of his grasp. Um, but Bell has been the most consistent Toyota over the last couple months, maybe not showing that top end speed. I feel like we talk about that every week. But if you're going to go with a Toyota, he's probably the safest bet. You don't have to worry about him as much as a Kyle or a Denny Hamlin, even Truex, where they had a great run last week going to, and then they had issues. I feel like those three guys, some question marks on them. Bell's a little bit safer. Maybe he won't show the speed. Maybe it'll be a tougher battle for him, but I'll stick with the, the 20 car. It could be Christopher Bell to end up in victory lane. Uh, Value-wise, I think we've hit the last two <laughs> with our value picks. I had Austin Dillon at Daytona. You had Eric Jones last week at Darlington, and I 100% followed that to a nice payout as well. Are we going three for three here? Are we, we, are, are we going to get we another going, value guy? We are going three for three because Chase is going to finish second. But the real winner of the race, and my betting value pick, is going to be the guy that had a lot of speed here. This was arguably his best race at the time. Not not true anymore, but at the time, I'm going with Bubba Wallace to get it done. Lock the 45 into the next round. Plus 2,000, I think it was. I, I've, I've now 2, looked away. Plus yep. 2,000. Uh, Toyotas will have a lot of speed. I, I, I have no doubt about that. Outside of Kyle Larson, and there were some Chevys. Suarez had some speed. Chase Elliott had some speed. William Byron had some speed. At Kansas in the spring, all of them had issues. At the end of the race, had uh, Bubba's pit crew not completely screwed the pooch, they would have had... Like six, all six cars in the top seven. Larson finished second. Nothing they could really do about that. But they would have, I think, had all six cars in the top seven had uh, Bubba's pit crew not ruined it. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, he's just been great the last month. Obviously, hasn't been as great at some tracks that aren't necessarily his strength, but still has ran solid in them more than we had seen before. And I think we'll continue to see that. And uh, he'll just run well and hopefully go away with a win. Yeah, that, that is the slam dunk value pick, in my opinion, um, to use your phrase there. It's it's really a no-brainer if you're going to look deeper in the field. Bubba Wallace is definitely the play. I'm going with William Byron at plus 1,700. I completely overlooked him at Darlington, and I still don't know what to make of him. He ran great at Darlington in the spring. Was that just, you know, being able to carry over the notes and get back to something familiar and maybe turn his season around? Perhaps. He also ran pretty good at Kansas before he had issues. So I will say I had William Byron get knocked out in the first round. Uh, I did not do my homework, or I did not have enough faith in that 24 team. I, I really thought they were screwed. The Darlington race does make me look at him a little bit differently, and I think having some success at Kansas before they ran into issues in the spring, I think he could replicate what he did at Darlington and do it again at Kansas this week. Value, not as good as Bubba, plus 1,700. Still pretty solid. Give me the 24 cars, that value pick. William Byron, 1,700. Lock it in. Going over to the head-to-head -head matchups, let's just do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? We're doing the head-to-heads. I, you know I just want to say this head-to-head -head matchup. I do find it funny. DraftKings does have Bubba Wallace at minus 105 and William Byron at minus 115. <laughs> They're, so. they, like, they, they pick some random ones that I don't get. And sometimes they have a sense of humor in them. Uh, uh, I remember after I think it was for Atlanta, I think which was after Road America, they had a, a Sage Karam and uh, Noah Gregson in a, in a head to head. Yes, yes. So, so they always have a sense of humor here. Yes, um, that one is pretty funny though. We don't even need to go over that because I think we're just going to stick to our guns on our value plays. But going over to the groups. Because that's what we do on the Cup Series, and that's a little bit more fun, because there's less of a chance that we pick the same. Group A, Denny Hamlin, plus 200, Kyle Busch, plus 225, Martin Truex Jr., plus 275, and Christopher Bell, plus 400. There's that sense of humor again. It's just all the freaking Toyotas. Which is crazy. <laughs> we almost always have, like, Chase Larson and a couple Toyotas. 
Yeah, here they did go with all the Toyotas. <laughs> so all the JGR Toyotas. I'm going Christopher Bell plus 400. Who are you looking at out of these guys? I'm going to go ahead and preface this with uh, I think we are going to wind up picking three of the same guys in this this week's uh, group mm-hmm. bet. I am also go at least three. I don't know about the other one, but at least three. I am also going Christopher Bell here. Uh, it's just been the most consistent. I again, if we're betting on who has the most speed, probably will pick Denny Hamlin because Denny Hamlin is, I think, been without a doubt the fastest Toyota, but they've also been maybe the most inconsistent. Uh, I think Bell, though, they've been probably the second quickest, had a lot of speed, and I think he'll also uh, win this group this week. Yeah. Plus 400 is really good odds there, too. I mean, he's plus 1,000 to win the race. Plus 400 just to beat the other Toyotas. That's, that's what happens when you're plus 1,000, but the three favorites are ahead of you and in the same group. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> but we're both going Bell, plus 400. Group B, we have Chase Elliott, plus 200. Kyle Larson, plus 210. Ross Chastain, plus 350. And Tyler Reddick, plus 350. I'm going with my pick to win the race, Chase Elliott. I'm torn between Chase and Kyle Larson, but given that Larson was the only one near the front at the very end of the race in the spring, I'll go with him at plus 210, though I would not be surprised if Chase was up there with him near the end of this one as well. Um, Reddick, I know he's coming off of a really good Darlington race, but I I don't know if they have the speed on the mile and a half like the Hendrick cars have, and Ross Chastain, listen, I don't expect anybody to do anything to him at Kansas, but with how his year's gone, you never know. So it's just not really a safe pick here, I feel like, for Ross Chastain. So give me Kyle Larson plus 210. Group C, Ryan Blaney and Kevin Harvick both at plus 220, and then Joey Logano and Bubba Wallace at plus 320. This this might be one that we both are going to go with the same ones here. Bubba Wallace. Well, there, there you have it. Bubba Wallace plus three twenty. I same reasonings. You know that team, the the whole organization. Really, this is probably like their best race as a whole between Bubba and Kurt, and obviously Kurt won in the spring. Um, you know, Harvick's looked better. Logano's looked better. Even Blaney, I feel like, has looked a little bit better as of late. But Bubba, with the best value here at plus 320, I think it's a another no-brainer for somebody that has a very good chance to probably contend for the win on Sunday. Last up, we have William Byron at plus 150, Ty Gibbs at plus 330, along with Alex Bowman at plus 330, and Daniel Suarez at plus 330, actually. So, Byron, the heavy favorite here, is that going to sway you in terms of picking for this group? I'm going with Byron. Mm-hmm. Well, I I guess you were right then because we ended up with three of the four. I will <laughs> say Gibbs is a fascinating play mm-hmm. uh, in a Toyota. He's been obviously not as fast as any of the other Toyotas on a week to week basis, which makes sense since he is. Um, I still think not even ten cup starts, although it's pretty close to ten at this point. Uh so he is pretty fascinating player, but I did go with William Byron. So yeah, it was the one different was the one I thought might end up being different. Yeah, I I will say Ty Gibbs, I was entertaining him possibly as a value pick, but you just you don't know yet. The kid's obviously Honestly, good. Honestly, at the value, I don't hate Bowman or Suarez either. I probably like Bowman a little bit less. Uh he got a top ten last week, but didn't have as much speed as William Byron. Suarez was running pretty well here in the spring before he had issues. I'm I'm just a little worried about Suarez right mm-hmm. now in terms of just being able to put again like the speeding penalty at Darlington last week was just it was bad. Obviously speeding penalties are bad in general, but just the timing of it you I'm worried something could carry over into this race. I, I do worry about that with him. The value's definitely there, but is the pressure going to get to him? That's that's what I worry about with Daniel Suarez here. And then, like, Ty Gibbs at plus 330, I, I was saying, I, I was contemplating maybe even making him the value pick, but the kid the kid's still raw. I mean, obviously, he's good. You know, I have him in the Xfinity Series race, but Cup Series, a bit of a different animal. 
I'm going to take William Byron. It's a safe pick, even though the value isn't there. And sometimes that's just what you have to go with. So William Byron plus 150 going to be the play here for Group D. Going over to the fantasy side, because we actually have that available in the Cup Series. Granted, there is not a lot of tournaments out yet. Um, who are you looking at for your fantasy team? I went with a strategy I don't think I've employed before. My entire team is between 9,600 and 7,200. I went with three guys we've already talked about a good bit. Christopher Bell, 9,600. William Byron, 9,100. Bubba Wallace, 8,000. Someone else we talked about a little bit. Alex Bowman, 8,200. He was the last pick on the team. Just the, the best guy I felt like that I could get at that price range. I think Harvick was a little bit more expensive. Uh, I would like Harvick here a little bit if you wanted to move anyone else down. Uh, The last two guys, Eric Jones, uh, had a pretty decent speed here in the spring. Uh, I don't remember what went wrong, but that was during their stretch where everything seemed to go wrong for them. Didn't get a good finish, but coming off of a win that he just earned, just straight up earned, nothing else there, and uh, has had speed at a lot of tracks, so I think he can run well. And Ty Gibbs, 7,200. I think just with the potential there, he could easily run top 10. I think he's a great player. So we do not have the same team. <laughs> I know that's only happened yes, once. But not, not surprised. Yes, not surprised. I went a completely different strategy here. I went, what Toyotas can I get on my team? And I was trying to get as many as possible had to move some people around, and I did drop a couple of the guys that I had circled to make this work. Um, starting at the bottom, because we really had to do some digging here in the value bin to get the team I was looking at. We have Corey LaJoy and Todd Gilliland. Uh, 5,300 and 5,400. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices. I'm expecting a big day potentially out of some of these Toyotas. <sighs> You know, it's it's always risky when you do a play like this and have guys that are towards the back of the field. You're really just banking on them, bringing the car home in one piece. Missing trouble, not getting into anything, you know, themselves. No penalties, no loose wheels. Just clean days out of these two guys for this to work. Next up, Bubba Wallace, plus 8,000. We've already talked about him. There's a good chance he could end up in victory lane this week. So look out for Bubba, plus 8,000. Could be a big day for him on the fantasy side. Um... Uh, Next up, Christopher Bell, my pick to win the race, 9,600. Again, I I think it's somebody else, too, that could have a really big day at Kansas. Uh, Kyle Larson at 10,700, really the only Chevy at the end of the race here at the spring that was able to keep up with the Toyotas. Going to need a solid run after having a lot of just ups and downs last week at Darlington. I think he'll be able to do that and put together a strong run on Sunday as well. And finally, rounding out my team, Kyle Busch, 10,900. Just keep the motor in one piece, guys. That's all I got to ask. I feel like, it's funny, consistently, I feel like he has been better than Denny, but they've just had crazier stuff happen to him. I mean, blowing up under yellow, that's just something I, while, while leading, is something I just don't remember ever seeing. I've seen some crazy stuff, but that's... Like, I'm sure it's happened before, insane. but, yes. like, oh, it's Lord. Like, man, in the Southern 500, just come on, man, come on. I think he's going to rebound, though. I, I think Kyle's going to be locked in, and he is also going to be contending for the win on Sunday. And, uh, you know, it would be a pretty Kyle Bush thing to just win the race and, you know, announce... His new ride comes Tuesday the next week. So <laughs> give me Kyle Bush in what could be, you know, a possible last trip to victory lane in the 18 car based on everything that we've been hearing over the last couple I, of months. Again, I have no idea where he's going. I am very confident it is not the 18. Yeah, I, I think that is one thing a lot of us would agree with. He still might be in a Toyota next year. It could be for 2311. It could be for a team changing manufacturers. We really have no idea, but it really does not feel like he's going to be back in the 18, which is kind of crazy just to think that it's gotten to this point. So, I mean, it, it would be a real Kyle Bush thing for him to just go on a run right here and win the championship and walk out the door with the trophy as he goes to a new ride next year. That'd be, that'd be something, and I wouldn't put it past him. He's a hell of a driver. 
But that'll wrap it up for all the betting and fantasy. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? I can't believe we are going back to North Wilkesboro. I I don't think anybody can. (laughs) Great week for that. Um, Can't wait for the actual announcement, which sounds like it's going to be tomorrow. And uh, I'm sure we'll be plugged into social media and looking at all the details for what should be a great all-star race next year. And, of course, we are going to be ready for a full weekend of NASCAR action, all three national series. I think there's an ARCA race in there, too. So a lot of stuff to keep an eye on from Kansas. We'll be back after the weekend where we will break down everything that happened out of Kansas. And until next time, guys, thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms. 